to give to you. So I'll be at a pastor's conference this week from Tuesday to Friday. I'll be in Orlando, Florida. And so it's going to be probably, uh, I think, anywhere from, from 1,800 to 2,000 pastors uh, that will be there. And so it's going to be very informative. And I'm just going to be praying and believing God that he is going to equip me and empower me so that I can come back and feed you and be a refreshed pastor. Amen. And, uh, and I would just say to you, your pastor needs to be refreshed. I, I need some time where I can just sit and listen and, and be fed. And so um, I covet your prayers uh, as I go. And obviously, wherever I go, I take you with me because I represent Foundation Church a wonderful and great people that I love very, very much. Are you ready for the word of the Lord this morning? Yeah. Come on, stand to your feet. And while you're standing, go ahead and turn to John, John's Gospel, chapter number four. John's Gospel, chapter number four. And we're going to begin reading in verses 19 down through 24. The Gospel of John, chapter number four. 19 through 24. There you can say amen if you're ready. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming. When you were neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem, worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming. And now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father is seeking, the Father is seeking, the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. For worship, Lord, is our calling. Worship is something, God, that you inhabit from your people. And God, I pray this morning as we begin this series on worship as we explore the word of the Lord that God that all of us will come to a higher place of revelation knowledge and understanding of what true worship really is and so God we want to be those agents today that would know what it really, really means to worship you in spirit and in truth. And so, God, as I always pray, clear my mind, my heart, minister through me. Father, I've done the best I could to prepare. I've studied. I've done the things that you've required of me. Now, Lord, I need the Holy Spirit to come and touch the people's hearts and change us where we need to be changed in this area. And help us, Lord God, to have a more fond appreciation of you that our love will grow deeper as a result of what we hear today. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the Lord's presence. I'm beginning a brand new series this morning entitled, I Worship. And uh, I'm really excited about this series because uh, there's nothing that is more important to the heart of God than worship. Now, before some of you check out and you think that this sermon is relegated to only 
singing a couple of songs and clapping on Sunday mornings. I want to put you at ease. This sermon is much, much more than that. But I hope to awaken our conscience today to understand that worship is not something that was originated by man. That worship wasn't something that we decided to do on Sunday mornings. That we come on Sunday mornings, we sing, we clap, we do all these things. This was not something that was engineered by man. I believe that through this, this series of messages that I'm going to be preaching, that you will have a whole nother way of thinking when it comes to worshiping God. And you would be amazed that when you talk to people, how some people look at what true worship is. Worship is important to the heart of God, as I said a moment ago. You remember that Satan, when he tempted the Lord, he tempted the Lord Jesus. Satan said to Jesus, all this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Mm. How many know Satan is after your worship? And if you don't worship and understand what that means in its fullest sense, then if, if you don't understand what it truly means to worship God, and if you don't worship God with your life, your whole life, then by default, listen to me, you worship Satan. In fact, you remember when, and I alluded to this last week, when Satan tempted Eve, Adam and Eve, and he said that you will be like God. You can be your own God. You know, you can be your own person. There's another level. There's something else that, 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 that another place that you can get to. You can be like God yourself. And so the essence of Satan and what he wants to do is to make us focused on ourselves. It's all about me. It's all about what I want. Now, how many know that Satan was kicked out of heaven because it was all about him? Jesus said that I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. He fell. Why? Because he wanted the worship, the same worship that is given to God. So what does Satan do? He spends an awful lot of time trying to derail you and I from worshiping the one and only true God. How I many know there is only one God? One God, one faith, and his name is Jesus. And so what Satan wants to do, Satan heaven, he loves it when you're not engaged emotionally. He loves it when you live a life of rebellion against him. He loves it when you don't raise your hands. He loves it when you don't declare the beauty of God. He loves it when you don't go out in the streets and share the good news of the gospel. He loves it when you're just so shy that you don't say anything. He loves that. Worship goes far beyond what we do on Sunday morning. I'm going to show you here in a moment what I mean by that. You don't go to worship. It's the place that every Christian ought to live. You don't go to worship. It's who we are. It's not what we do. Fundamentally, then, worship is about relationship. How many know that God wants a man? He's madly in love with you. God loves you. And more than anything else, he wants a relationship. He wants you to be connected to him emotionally, not just how many know God could have made us robots. He could have made us mechanical, but he did not. He wants a people that are not afraid to lay down their lives and worship him. And only him. He said that you are to have no other gods before me. 
No other gods. No other gods. In other words, he's saying that before me, nothing is to be more important in your life. Nothing is to come before me. I am your God. And the church said amen to that. God inhabits, Psalms 23, 22.3 says this. God inhabits the praises of his people. The praises of his people. God inhabit or God is enthroned. I, hear, I want you to get this now. I want you to get this and we'll give you some scripture backings here in a second. That every time that we praise God, whether we make a declaration whether we share his love, whether we come into the sanctuary and we lift our hands and we begin to say, Lord, I love you. There's none like you. Every single time that God's people come together, the Bible says God inhabits. He sits right down on our praise. What I want you to understand is that God is watching. God is watching. He inhabits. He dwells in the praises of his people. I'm aware of how some people sometimes, and I have you know, Pastor, I've been saved a long time. And I've seen a lot of things over the years as it relates to ministry. And I've seen, and I've witnessed firsthand when I've seen people, for an example, that come to church and they Fast forward the praise and the time of celebration before the Lord, and they say things like, I just want to hear the word and go. I don't want to do the praise thing. I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to do all that. I, I, want to, I want you to understand that everything that we do in this church that is related to uh, policy and how we do it and function here is based on the word of God. You must understand this, that God is a great God and he desires your worship. I want you to hear that. God wants you to love him. He wants you to worship him. He wants you to come and bow down before him. He wants you to fall prostrate before him. He wants you to lift your hands before him. He wants you to live a life of obedience before him. He wants all of you. I want to challenge you this morning. Don't shortchange God. Give him what is due. If all heaven can worship him, I mean, no, you better do something. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I'm just, I'm quiet. Okay, got that. I'm shy, pastor. I don't like to sing off the screen, you know. I'm a a man. Uh, how many know that King David was a man, right? King David was a warrior. In fact, David came and danced almost naked, by the way. Go back and read the account. But when David had killed the giant Goliath, he came back and he danced before the Lord. There was some folk that had some problem with King David dancing before the Lord. David, you, you're not supposed to dance. That's not religious. David said, you ain't seen nothing yet. Here was a man who was a man's man. David sheds, David was not even allowed to build the temple of the Lord because he had shed so much blood. There was nobody more of a man than King David. You know, that, that same David that killed the giant Goliath. And you know what David did? He worshiped God. You know what else he did? He cried to God. You know what else he did? He lifted his hands to God. He wept before God, before the people. Why? Because David understood why he existed. Too many of us don't understand who you are, who we are. Why, you, why, were, we, why were we created in the first place? 
as I said a moment ago, Satan is after our worship. He said, Jesus, fall down and worship me. I, I, and he kept trying to tempt him the whole time, and then finally he got to what he really wants, worship me. I'm going to ask you a question. Who are you worshiping? Who do you worship? How many know that knowledge of God, <laughs> just having a head knowledge of God don't mean that you're a worshiper? Knowledge alone will not make you a true worshiper of God. Coming to church every Sunday does not make you a worshiper of God. You know, the praise and worship team, they spend 20 or 30 minutes trying to exalt, uh, exhort the congregation to worship. But how do you know that they can't make you what you're not? I'm going to take you deep this morning. Y'all going to stay with me? Please say, we're going to some deep waters today. But I promise I'm going to pull you up. We got a life jacket for you. We ain't going to leave you there. And so the essence of worship then, it goes back to the heart. I said this uh, before, but we spend so much time focused on the external that, you know, it's almost like, have you ever, have anybody here ever bought a house that you, know, you saw a house that looked really, 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 really good on the outside, painted, the shutters look good, it looked awesome, then you went inside and you're like, oh, what's that? There's nothing more frustrating. It's like when Jesus saw the fig tree, and he saw the fig on the tree, and the, the thing didn't produce no figs, and Jesus walked to it, thank you, Jesus cursed the fig tree. Amen. He cursed it. He said, man, ain't nothing will ever grow from you again. I walked over here, nothing on this thing. We spend a lot of time as Christians, and we, we oh, do this and do that. Oh, and, 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 and we have to be careful because we tell new believers, you know, you get saved, and, and then you're supposed to come to church. Yeah, I'm supposed to come to church. Yeah, you know, you're supposed to sing. Yeah, you're supposed to sing. Okay, I'm saying, okay, I'm supposed to I raise my hand. Okay, I'm supposed to raise my hand. Okay, am I supposed to, what am I, you know, and we spend a whole lot of time telling Christians what to do, but we never say why we do it. I'm going to give you the why today. I'm going to give you the why for the next two or three weeks. We're going to give you wise, and we're going to be changed in Jesus' name. Revelation 4, 11. Go ahead, turn there. And I want to read this verse in the New Living Translation. Are y'all still with me? Now look at this. Before I read this verse, I want you to repeat this after me. I was made. Come on, I, I, need, I need everybody. All right, are you ready? I was made. To worship. to worship. I was created, I was created. For, his for his pleasure. I belong to him. Belong to him. He belongs to me. Belongs to I, will I will worship, worship. With, with my whole life. My whole life. Now let's look at this verse. You are worthy, O Lord God. I love this verse. To receive glory and honor and power. Why? Why is Jesus worthy to receive glory and honor and power? For you created everything. See, this is the kind of God you serve, right? You know your God created everything. Uh, did you not know that you own the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and everything that dwells in it? Do you not know that the scripture says that the meek shall inherit the earth? Do you not know who it is that you serve? He is creator God. He put breath in every one of us. We sung this morning, breathe on me. How many know that he put breath, he put life in every one of us? And if you can't get excited about that, I don't know what's wrong. We need to get, we need to get some the defibrillator or something. We need to bring, you need to understand that, that he is life and he breathed life in, into every human being. Watch this. He said, and it is for your pleasure, everybody say your pleasure that they exist and were created. So we were, watch this, watch this now. I, I, this is a, a key principle as it relates to worship. You were not created. Watch this. You were not created just for yourself. You were created for God. Listen, God was not created for you. You hear me? I want to say that again. You were created for God. 
It's not up to God, watch this, to live to serve your interests. You and I were created. It's like Father God sat there. He created us. He said, I'm going to fashion this people for myself. How do you know we belong to him? See, if you don't understand that, you'll live the rest of your life frustrated because God is not going to move in your corner until you move into his corner. God will never be moved. God is God. And how do you know he don't need anything from anybody? He is all sufficient. <laughs> He's all sufficient. He is almighty. He is all powerful. God has no deficits. Not at all. God is God alone. And he said, when I looked for somebody to swear uh, to, he said, I looked around, I saw nobody else because nobody's greater than me. So then I swore by myself. <laughs> That's God. That is the God that you and I worship, should worship. Creator. So I was created. You were created for him. You exist for him. You were created to worship him. You and I. And, and I'm going to take this step further. Not just the people that come up here and sing or the people that got skilled and that can play music. Every one of us have been called to worship him. This call is for everybody. We all are called to be worshipers. This is, what, this is who we are. Man, I live here. I like this verse in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. How many know he's been merciful? Uh, to offer your bodies, watch this, a living sacrifice. So Paul says, because God has been so good to you. How many say God has been good to me? I don't know about you, but I can testify to that all by my. God has been good to me. I'm telling you, he has blessed my socks off and then some. If God never did anything else for me, he's done more than enough. I'm good. <laughs> I'm telling you, he took me places I never thought I would be. He has blessed me. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. He's good. He says, I urge you. Paul said, I'm urging you. I'm begging you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Think about his mercy. How many know that every time you come into God's presence, you need to think about his mercy? Think about, how many know that there's a mercy seat? You need to think every single time you come into God. You know, there was a time when they just couldn't walk up into God's presence. They couldn't do it. How many know the blood of Jesus allowed us to enter into the very throne room of God? Because Jesus, when he died, the veil was torn into, and now all of us can come boldly. Everybody say boldly. You can come boldly before the throne of grace. You don't have to beg. You don't have to cry. You can just come and say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come before your throne this morning and understand that you are a child of the king. Look at the neighbor and say, you're a king's kid. <laughs> Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies, everybody would say your bodies, as living sacrifice. So here's what Paul is saying, because I want nobody to miss this. Paul is saying this, that here's what we, we're supposed to do. Every single day, we are to offer our bodies as living sacrifice. How many know that every day, if you're going to worship God, you've got to crucify your flesh? Uh-oh, it got quiet up in here. A living sacrifice. So what that means is, I sacrifice Everything that is not like God that is in me. How many know every day you got to get up on that altar and crucify your flesh? Your flesh want to have its way every day. But Paul said, I'm begging you, whatever you do, just like Brandon said, put that flesh on the altar and kill it. Kill it. Kill it. Take the life away from it. Cut it. He said, I beg you. Watch this, but he goes, he goes a step further. He says, I, according to God's mercy, to offer your bodies and living sacrifices, watch this, holy, everybody say holy. holy. Holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual act. This is the NIV version, your spiritual act of worship. Now hear this. The way that we live our lives affect our worship. 
Worship is not 20 minutes of something that we do on Sunday. Worship is a continuation of who we are every day. Because we're laying down our lives every single day. You're, 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 listen to me. You are trusting, relying, communicating, loving, serving, honoring, listening, obeying him every single day. When you do that, you're living sacrifice. And here's what Paul says. This is your spiritual act of worship. So God looks at our lifestyle as an act of worship. How many know? Look at me and say, you got to live right. If you're going to be a true worshiper of the king, how many know you got to live the way you need to live? You need to live right. So we were made to worship. Our lives, we've been called to be a people, to lay down our, uh, uh, our flesh and, and every single day, a living sacrifice, coming into the presence of God, understanding Understanding that we have been called to live a life that reflects true worship. So if somebody says, I worship God, but your life ain't living up to where it's supposed to be, your worship is tainted. You are going through the motions. Real worship. And I'm going to show you because some of you look bewildered, but I'm going to show you through the word. How many know the word of God speaks? Now watch this. Y'all still with me? We're going to keep going. I lost a couple of you. We'll come back and pick you up. And so what are the expressions? I want to cover this for a moment. I meant to get this early, but I don't, want, I don't want this to be alleviated from this sermon. Expressions of worship. And then we're going to get to the heart of the matter. First thing is we sing and shout. Because one of the things people, why do we sing? Why do you shout in church? Why do you dance? Why don't you just sit there and don't say anything and just be quiet? Because the Bible don't tell me to do that. Psalm 100, watch this. Psalm 100, verses 1 and 2. We got those verses that throw up, that come and run right through them. Shout for the Lord. Shout, I'm sorry. Shout for joy to the Lord. How many know the joy of the Lord is your strength? All the earth. Now watch this. Mm. Worship the Lord with gladness. How many know that God is a happy God? You ever notice that God, let me tell you something, if you ever find yourself depressed, overworked, stressed out, you need to visit there and you need to leave real quick. You know why? Because God don't hang out there. God does not hang out in depression. He just don't. In fact, every time he comes, he comes, get up out of it. What are you doing? You remember Elijah? Lord, Lord, I mean, he was hiding in the cave. And God said, what are you doing here? Come out. <laughs> Look at the neighbor and say, come out. come out. Because see, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Everybody say joy. joy. So we come into the presence of God. How do we know that we shouldn't be walking in all long face? Oh, that God ain't going to do well in the atmosphere like that. God likes an atmosphere that is happy. People that are laughing, people that are smiling. He says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come on, sir, everybody. You got to serve him with happiness. If you're going to serve the Lord, serve him right or don't serve him. You follow what I'm saying? If you're going to usher, usher with the best big old smile. If you don't want to sit down. If you want to do the children ministry, do the children ministry with joy. And I know you need a little extra of it, but you got to do it with joy. <laughs> If you're going to sing, you got to sing with joy. Sing with gladness. If you're going to serve in the media department, be happy about it. If you're going to play the instrument, play with joy. Serve the Lord with gladness. Because he says so. Another thing we do, we lift our hands. Psalm 134, 2. Lift your hands. Everybody lift your hands. Lift your hands in the sanctuary. Well, Pastor, why do we got to be raising our hands? Why do you always tell us to raise our hands? Let me, let me show you what raising your hands do. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, so I'm going to put on my, my detective mantle for just for a second. And when I was in the police academy, we used to have this thing, and, and you know, when we were training, we would tell people, put your hands up. Everybody was about to arrest. Put a gun to them, point it in their direction, and say, put your hands up. 
Why do we tell them put their hands up? And let me tell you something. We look because if you put your hands in your pocket, if I can't see your hands, I don't know what you're going to do. You're, you're, you're a threat. You're, you're rebelling against what I'm saying. So the first thing I say is take your hands out of your pocket. Put your hands up where I can see them. Because when you put your hands up, it's an act of surrender. When you keep your hands in your pocket, you're rebelling. So when the Bible says lift your hands, every time we lift our hands, it's an act of surrender. God, you're greater than me. God, you're better than me. God, you are creator God, and I worship you right in the sanctuary so everybody can see me. I mean, I remember when I first got saved, that was one of the biggest things I struggled with because, like I said, I'm a man's man. And this brother, you know, back when I was really in shape, I won't, you know, I like, you know, I was a man's man. I had a problem lifting my hands up in church. Didn't feel right. <laughs> I remember standing at the pastor saying, lift your hands up. I'm like, <laughs> Like Y'all don't want you to see my hands up in the air. Because you know why? Because I didn't fully understand who he was in relation to me. I had a, a knowledge of him, but I really wasn't yet surrendered. So I lift my hands as an act of God. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. Number four says, uh, number, the third point, we dance. Everybody say dance. Psalm 149.3 says this, let them praise him in the dance. But pastor, you ain't supposed to be dancing in church. Where do you get that from? Because that's not what the scripture says. How many know that it's okay to dance in the Lord? Amen. Just do it clean, amen? <laughs> Just do a holy dance, whatever that looks like. Do it holy. But praise him in the dance. These are expressions of our worship. Then it says in Psalm 47, watch this. Psalm 47, 1. Clap, oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. Everybody say peoples. peoples. Clap your hands, all ye peoples. Watch this. For those who don't like it, who, who like it real quiet, watch this. Shout. Everybody say shout. shout. To God with the voice of triumph. How many know that when you win a war, when you win a battle, that one of the things that they do is they shout. And they, yeah! How I many know we ought to come in the house of God sometime and there ought to be a roar in the camp of God? Amen. There ought to be a, yeah, God delivered me. Hallelujah. Yeah. There ought to be, when we come in the house of God, you are victorious. The Bible says, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I'm going to declare what God has did for me. If God did anything good for you during the week, you ought to run up in here and can't wait to give him praise. God, I'm going to shout today. I got something to shout about. Amen. I didn't think I could do that. I can move, I'm telling you. When I get the spirit of God in me, I can move. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. For those of you who don't like heaven, who don't like noise, you're going to have to look. I'm going to tell you, invest in a nice set of earplugs because you're going to need them. And I, and I don't think they're going to manufacture any of them that's going to be able to stop all that noise you're going to hear in heaven. But then again, you probably have your glorified bodies. It won't bother you much anyway. <laughs> so we praise them. We clap our hands, the scripture says. Another thing we do is we praise them with the instruments. I had a church, I had a brother, a friend of mine who said to me, he said this. He goes, he says, hey, uh, uh, man, we ain't supposed to have no instruments in church. And he said, he said we don't believe in instruments. Now, I gotta, if you don't want to sing with a guitar, if you don't want to sing with a keyboard, if you don't want to sing with the soundtrack, go on with your bad self. But me, I'm putting on some music. I'm going to get my guitar. I'm going to listen to me some. Look, at, look, look, I ain't shy about it. I'm going to get me some praise on with some music. You know why? Watch this. Here's what it says. Psalm 150, verse 3 and 6. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and heart. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with string instruments and flutes. Praise him with loud cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. I mean, no, we need to bring some loud cymbals. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, don't do that, Pastor. No, 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 no. So what I want to get you to see is these are expressions of our worship. 
And so when we come into the house of God, here's why we do what we do, because the Bible calls us to do it. Now watch, keep going. Having said all that, you can come into the house of God and you can do all those things and still not be engaged as a worshiper. How many of you want to be a true worshiper? True worshiper, true. Matthew 15, verses 89. Listen to this verse. We're, we're coming down. We're landing the plane. He said, this people draw near to me with their mouth. Everybody say, with their mouth. How many know that God is much less interested in what we say than what is in our hearts? God does not see as man sees. God judges the heart. God's heart is so transparent before us. I mean, no, God ain't tripping. He knows every thought in your brain before it even comes into your brain. How many know that's a bad God? He said, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. But their heart, watch this, is far from me. Okay? So why would he say that? Here's what he's saying. They go through all the right motions. How many know we don't need to be a church to go through the motions? We don't need to be a church. Listen, we don't need to be a church to just come in and just go, go through the motions. I'll hurry up and get this over. I just want to go sit down. I want to go and eat some chicken at home. And I just want to, how many know that's not worship? Worship he said, I mean, if we're going to worship God, let's do it right. If we're going to clap, listen, if we're going to give him the praise, let's, give, let's do it. Whatever you got, give it to him. Watch this. He says this, watch. He says, now, in vain, everybody say in vain. He said, in vain, they worship me. That scares me. Because what he's saying is, he's saying that, 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 that you can go through the motions but when our heart is not connected, when we're not living a life of worship before him every single day of our lives, when we're not walking in obedience to him, here's what he's saying. He said, your heart is far from me and you're worshiping me in vain. So then I understand that my whole life is an act of worship. When I come, how many know that when you give an offering, it's an act of worship? How many know when you sing, it's an act of worship? When you clap, it's an act of worship. How many know the way you treat your brothers and sisters is an act of worship? Why? Because you're motivated by him who called you. And so you're motivated to be obedient to him. And every time we submit to the Holy Spirit, it's an act of what? Worship. And when we don't submit to the Holy Spirit, then our worship is tainted. We can sing, dance, shout all we want to, but how many know God, we need to live a life that shouts, amen, more than anything else. So he said, in vain they worship me. I mean, we don't need to do nothing in vain. I don't want God to say, concerning my worship, Gary, put your hands down, stop, don't, 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 don't. You remember, I, I can't go there because we got several weeks to do this, but... If you go back and read Malachi chapter 1, it talks about the priests and all how they were worshiping God. And you know what they did? They were mechanically worshiping. They came and they offered all that they did, all the right stuff on the outward. They brought the animals. They did all the things. And then they said, then, and then God says, God says, you know, he says, he said, look, I wish somebody would have shut the door and you never came in. They said, well, what we do, God? We did what you told us to do. He said, because of your heart. You snuffed at it. You served me, but you didn't serve me with the right heart. You didn't worship me in obedience. You didn't come with the right mindset. So we need to be a people that understands what true worship is. And so finally, we're going to get into this and we're going to close. We've got about five minutes. Can we get five minutes? Uh, five evangelistic minutes. <clears throat> You'll learn what that means. I'm, 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 it's going to be okay. <laughs> So here comes this woman, right? The woman of Samaria. She comes and, and she's having this conversation with Jesus and Jesus prophesies about the stuff in her life. <laughs> Jesus said to her, go get your husband. I love this uh, woman of this, this passage because when Jesus asked that question, it kind of throws me off because the whole conversation is about water and all this stuff. And, and, and Jesus said, now go get your husband. And, uh, and, she, and she realizes and and she tried to lie, well, I don't have no, I don't have no husband. Jesus, no, 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 you got five, but he's the one you got now. I ain't even living with you. It ain't yours. And so Jesus began to challenge her. So she begins this process of explaining to Jesus what worship is. 
All right? And can you imagine that? She's going to explain to Jesus how to worship. <laughs> oh, how do you know you're playing on the wrong field now? Uh, she, she walked up into that one. She didn't catch that. And so she comes and she begins to say, look at verse number 20 in John chapter 4. Our fathers worship on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Now, here's what she's saying. She is relegating worship to a particular place. All right? She's relegating worship to an address. She's relegating worship to a particular time. And watch how Jesus handles her. In verse uh, number 23, he says, but the hour is coming and now is. So he says, future tense, the hour is coming. The hour is coming. And then he goes on to say, but it's now. Everybody say now. So what he's saying is that this is the way that we ought to worship God. He said the true worshiper, everybody say true worshipers. What does that imply? If they're true worshipers, what is the other? What are the others? Just something to think about. How many want to be a true worshiper? Amen. How many know you just can't come in on Sunday morning and, and be a worshiper in 20, 30 minutes? You got to live like it. You got to surrender to him every day. You got to beat your flesh every day. You got to walk with him. Hmm. Watch. He says, watch this. For the Father, watch this. For, uh, for true worshipers will worship the Father. The true worships, worshipers will worship the Father in spirit. Everybody say in spirit. In truth. Okay? So in spirit means, watch this, it's a lifestyle in spirit. How many know that when we worship him in spirit, it's not confined to a place? How many know you can worship God? You worship God every morning you get up in your bed. You can worship God in your car. You worship God in the grocery store. Why? Because you're in communication with him. You're not confined. I don't know I said earlier, you don't have to go to worship because worship is who you are. It's what I do. So Jesus said, true worship is worship in spirit. In other words, here's what Jesus is saying. I'm going to water it. I'm going to bring it all the way down so you can get it. What Jesus is saying is a true worshiper worship me all the time. In spirit. Watch this. And in truth, everybody say truth. We got to know who he is. How many know you can't worship what you truly don't know? As I begin to increase in my knowledge of God, see, when you begin, you and I begin to increase in the knowledge of God and understand who he is, you will come to a place where you will begin to worship. If you got a problem understanding and worshiping God and serving God and surrendering to God, how many know you need a revelation? Get to know who he is. How many know he's a God of truth? He's a God of truth. That means that I can't worship a God that I make up. How many know that people today, they're making up their own gods nowadays? Well, I don't like what the Bible says about that God, so I'm going to fashion one according to the way I like it. How many know he says, I'm only, listen, true worshipers worship me in truth. They worship me according to who I am. And how do we know who he is? Right here. You want to know who he is? Study this. You want to be a better worshiper of God? Study this. You want to be a better worshiper of God? Get up every day. Spend some time in his presence. You want to be a worshiper of God? When you have a problem on the job, invite God in on your problem. You want to be a worshiper of God? Talk to God every day about everything that you're going through. Talk to him. Talk to him every single day. Talk to him and you will become and God will reveal himself to us. And your knowledge of God will cause you to live a life of worship. How many know that how you perceive God will determine how you would worship him? What is your perception? If you believe that God is just a anything, anything goes kind of God, you will treat him like an anything goes kind of God. But when you come to understand that he is king of kings, lord of lords, he's creator of heaven and earth, and he's in charge of my breathing, you might just have my attention. Because he's the CEO, the CFO, the FOOO, and everything else. Oh, he's in charge of all things. And so we worship him in spirit. So here's, here's what we do. Worship, I want you to look at worship this way in closing. Look at worship this way. It's not just what I do here on Sunday morning, that when I come through the door, I'm already worshiping. That make sense? When I get up in the morning, when I go to work, I'm in the spirit of worship. Why? Because I'm in communion with my daddy. 
So when we come in here on Sunday morning, all we're doing is coming together and making declaration of all the goodness that God has done in all of us. But how do we know we can't work a miracle in here like that? We can't make you a worshiper in 20 or 30 minutes. No, we can't do that. But what we can do is teach you how to cultivate a relationship with him every single day of your life. And so then when you walk in here, it's just a continuation. You walk up in here, it won't take much for you to dance. It won't take much for you to shout because you were dancing and shouting before you got here. You were worshiping God way before. You come in here, this is, this is like a bonus. This is like the cherry on top. I get to come to church today, hallelujah, and I get to do it in front of the people that I love and love God. We get to do this together, and I want to see this place. Let me tell you something. This place needs to be a place that when we sing and worship, it doesn't matter if you like the song or don't like the song. I mean, it ain't about that. It's about my love for God. Listen to the words of the song and make a declaration. Somebody say amen. amen. Because I'm here to worship him. And he's been too good for me to be silent up in there. <laughs> And so we walk into this place. We come in. We live the life of worship. So during the course of the week, we walk in here, and it's just automatic. It's like, man, y'all are on fire today. And nobody got to sit there and say, please raise your hands. Please clap your hands. Please move. Please say hallelujah. Nobody have to do that. Because you've been saying hallelujah, praise God, way before you got here. It's who you are. Every head is bowed, every eyes closed. Father, we thank you so much. God, we understand now, God, a little bit better, a little bit better what true worship is, the essence of our entire life. We understand, Lord, now that we have drawn the connection to who we are outside of this place determines who we are when we come into this place. We understand, God, that worship is far more than just an act of mechanics. It involves our heart. It involves our life. And I pray, God, that you would talk to people right here in this room this morning. Because, God, we understand, God, the reason why perhaps we don't, we don't lay our lives down the way that we should, Lord, is because we got some other things that are in the way. But, God, help us, Lord, to come before you all the time. First, we come with songs, we come with singing, because you said that we're to do that. We come clapping, we come shouting, we come saying amen, we come saying hallelujah, we come doing all those things, Lord. But God, we do all those things because we've been changed on the inside. And I pray, Lord God, that you would revive all of us, Lord. And that, Lord God, that in this season of learning, that 10.30 every Sunday morning, that we will not wait and disrespect you, Lord, and dishonor you by coming to church 20, 30 minutes late. But Lord, we're going to covenant with you, Lord, in obedience to you to come to church on time and give you what is due your name. We're going to sing, we're going to worship, we're going to clap, we're going to dance, we're going to sing. We're going to do all of that, Lord, because you deserve our praise. It goes beyond the persons that are standing up here. That includes myself and everybody else who stands here. This is, Lord, about you. It always has been and always will be about you. So if you're sitting here this morning, and maybe the Holy Spirit has convicted you about this issue, and you understand now, you understand now that what it truly means to worship. And the Holy Spirit has convicted you. Your attitude has been cavalier. In fact, you haven't thought much about this, but Lord, the Lord just spoke to you. If the Lord spoke to you about worship, I'm not going to ask you to come up. I just want to see a show of hands. I'm not going to ask you to come up. If the Lord spoke to you this morning about true worship, just slip your hand up. Just slip your hand up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, those folks that raised their hands this morning, Father, give them a double portion of your presence. For in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. There is fullness of joy. And God, we worship you with our whole lives. We worship you with everything that we have. Church, let's stand to your feet. I need you to repeat after me as you stand. 
Let's lift our hands and worship and surrender to the Lord. It's just an act of surrender. We lift our hands. I want you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I dedicate my life in a fresh way. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me a true worshiper. Help me to appreciate what you're doing in my life. Make me aware of your presence. Go with me everywhere I go. Grace me. Empower me to feel your presence, to worship you every day, all day, with my whole life. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your presence. And I receive a double portion of your presence right now. I'm not fearful. I'm not shy. I'm not reserved when it comes to worshiping you. I will declare your glory everywhere I go. I will not allow the devil to keep me silent. I have been made to worship and I will fulfill my calling in Jesus' name. Amen. Church, give God praise, will you please? <laughs> worship him, amen. You sons and daughters, worship him. Aren't you excited? We're going to be learning uh, throughout this month the power of praise and how God uses that to work in our lives to bring about his purpose. How many know that God, God, God is awesome and he is ready to empower you this is that next level for some of us you will never be the same you'll look at this totally different the next week and the preceding weeks we will have to work overtime to keep you quiet because you've been talking about God so much because you've been worshiping him and you've been living a life that pleases him let's stretch our hands as we close now unto the King of Kings. Now unto the Lord of glory. Now into, unto the one who created heaven and earth and who put breath in every one of us. Now unto the one who gave us everything that we got, who gave us children, houses, lands, cars, health. To the one who gave us this building. To the one who put clothes on our back, food on our table. Now unto him be glory, majesty, and power, now and forevermore, until we come back again next week, Lord. Bless your people with your presence, and God will give you the praise for it. And all God's people said amen. Come on, church. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Jesus, name above all.